Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Michael Reed on LMFM. Sometimes a headline grabs you, doesn't it? A million coronavirus deaths, a global toll passes, agonising milestone. A lot of papers reporting in the same way that that Irish Times headline is written today. One million deaths around the world from coronavirus. The COVID-19, the Oireachtas COVID-19 committee will meet today and it'll hear from the HSE CEO, Paul Reed who's going to say uh, that the reality of uh, the situation is that even when we get a vaccine, we're going to be dealing with COVID for a long time yet. That's when we get a a vaccine, and that could be 12, 18 months from now. Uh, And Paul Reid will also tell uh, the committee that we're in for a difficult winter season. Kevin Figgis is a sector organiser with SIP2's Health Division, and he's on the line. And a very good morning to you, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I think a a lot of the staff are are going into the winter already exhausted as a a result of uh, this virus. And uh, I think uh, that it's probably true to say that a difficult winter season, as Paul Paul Reid puts it, uh, is not an understatement. Uh, no, it's not an understatement, uh, Michael. Uh, thanks for the opportunity of coming on this morning. Uh, it's not an understatement. And I think, you know, the figures are quite startling. When we think of COVID, when we think of the amount of people that have been infected, and then we think the amount of, of that uh, 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 figure, that it's actually healthcare workers. So we're all living with the virus in our communities but healthcare workers are living with us in their communities, but they're also working with us in their workplace. Uh, so when you look at the fact, and we got these weekly reports from the HSE, uh, when you look at the fact that at the end of last week, of the then 33,900 uh, uh, total cases, 9,102 of them were healthcare workers. Uh, uh, so this is people predominantly being infected by going into work. Uh, and very interestingly, of that figure, 331 ended up in hospital because of that infection. 56 ended up in intensive care because of that infection. And unfortunately, eight actually succumbed to the, to the virus uh, and died. Mm. Uh, so it's hugely significant. And the fact of the matter is, is that healthcare workers have been working alongside this virus since March. Uh, on at the end of this week, Thursday of this week, we're into October. It has never stopped. It has never abated. Uh, and people are absolutely exhausted because aside from the normal challenges of the health service, you then have all of the, you know, what comes with trying to make the workplace as safe as possible for everybody. And then in addition to that, we have another layer and that's called winter. 
which is generally quite challenging for the health services anyway, as we know, with, uh, uh, you know, EDs and things like that and the flu virus. And now we have a thing called COVID, which unfortunately for all of us has the same symptoms uh, as flu, uh, but is obviously, as we all know, very deadly. Why is it, do you think, uh, that healthcare staff have been so susceptible to this disease that they're contracting uh, the virus in such great numbers? Because you would imagine that in healthcare settings, they're in the safest settings of all. Um, well, I, 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 look, I think the, the reality is, is that, uh, you know, healthcare workers make huge efforts to try to ensure that everything is as safe as possible. That's following the guidelines. It's following occupational health advice. It's wearing PPE, it's trying to ensure of social distancing, etc. But at the end of the day, the health service is what we know it to be. It's, it's trying to look after uh, the sickest of our sick. Uh, it is trying to look after people who need care, either in the community or, or in an acute setting. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, with the latest figures, 27% of all cases mm. Our healthcare workers, and you know, and we we have seen a situation whereby people have been infected uh, and are suffering from the residual nature of it. So you know, whereby fatigue is a cont- continuous mm. uh, challenge for them; uh, they're they're unable to regain their strength. Uh, uh, other symptoms have been reported to us as well. Uh, and um, but in addition to that, then we've also uh, uh, received reports of people being reinfected. Uh, you know, where, where people have had it and then they've got it again. And part of the challenge here, Michael, as well, is because, like, obviously from a, a worker point of view, uh, like, there's a situation whereby when people are going out uh, and they're being told they have to uh, self-isolate for 14 days or whatever mm. the case may be, uh, you know, uh, and people are... Obviously, they're significantly decommoded from, um, from, from the workplace, from their responsibilities and, and people don't want to be out I and mean, people want to be in work, they want to be doing their jobs um, and what's interesting I think as well is, is that no particular grade when you look at the breakdown of the grades uh, I mean clearly nurses and healthcare assistants mm. are the two highest categories but when you look at the other categories nobody is spared uh, and when you look at any of the categories that uh, in relation to hospitalisation uh, or, or indeed of those who have succumbed to the virus, uh, you know, they are a mixture of grades. The healthcare workforce mm. is a multi uh, uh, task. Porters, cleaners, catering staff. Absolutely. And so uh, on. You know. And to a large degree, people working in hospital settings or healthcare settings for that matter are, are the best informed, the most informed of all. They're in sterile conditions, uh, they're offered protection, they have their protection and they follow the guidelines, or at least uh, I think it's true to say that's the rule of thumb. But is it that, like any rule, that rule can be broken? And if there are some exceptions to the rule, that that can leave everybody else vulnerable? Because we do hear from people who say they've seen healthcare workers talking, not following guidelines and not wearing masks uh, and so on, or, or, or out walking in the town in their uniforms or sitting on the pavement, uh, as somebody called into us yesterday, said that there were five members of staff sitting outside of our Lady of Lourdes Hospital uh, on, on the path, smoking cigarettes and went back I- into the hospital then in their uniforms. Yeah, we, we haven't received any, any of those reports uh, at all, Michael, to be honest. Uh, and obviously the healthcare workforce is uh, quite uh, big in its size. I mean, there's, there's, uh, mm. um, there's 
significantly more than 100,000 people working health service. So we haven't seen any of that. But I mean, what, what I will say to you is, is that, I mean, from a union's point of view, we've extensively engaged with the HSE. Uh, we've weekly briefings with them and documents are continually updated in relation to the best advice and guidance that can be given. And obviously the best advice that's given from their trade union is that they should follow uh, uh, that advice. But, but, the, but I think equally speaking, the reality is is that these things do take a toll. I mean, as I said, on Thursday, it's October, and the HSE was really sort of shut down in and around the 15th or 16th of March. I mean, at the time, we, we, we went into a total lockdown. Nobody knew what we were dealing with. At the time, we were talking about the possibility of field hospitals with, with maybe ten or 20,000 beds in them. I mean, nobody really knew uh, what, we were, what we were going to be facing. Like, uh, and, and it's the same now, isn't it? I mean, no, we're no, facing no, into a second wave, and we don't know what that means, or if the health services is going to be overrun. Well, 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 we don't know what it means. I mean, I mean, last Thursday, uh, the uh, winter plan was prepared uh, and was was given out. We had no, uh, um, we had no information of that before it was released. And clearly, the unions were asking the question of, well, you can have a plan, but the plan is only words on paper unless you actually have the means and the actions to implement that plan. So, I mean, we, we've engaged with the HSC at a national level and we've asked them, like, where is, where is the additional capacity coming from? Where is the infrastructure coming to put the extra beds? Where is the staff coming to look after the patients that are going to be in those beds? Or when you're sending services from an acute setting into the community, where are the staff going to be? Because the existing level of staff, Michael, cannot provide for the new model of service that they're proposing for winter 2020. Winter 2020 is going to be devastating unless the appropriate level of staff are secured in a timely manner to ensure that the healthcare workforce can provide for the needs of our communities. And will that happen, do you think? Um, Well, we've raised serious concern, and Mm. I think we were right to raise serious concern. Prior to COVID, if a person in the HSE uh, uh, needed an extra member of staff, our members told us that there was no uh, uh, expectation that that person would arrive within 12 months, that that was how slow the train of recruitment uh, moved along. So we've said to them, and the point was made to them yesterday, that in the winter plan, it actually said that that recruitment could take uh, anywhere up to, up to 23 weeks. But we actually believe that the reality is that it would actually be far more than that. So they really need to get their, uh, get their skates on, because at the end of the day, that plan that was released last week means nothing means nothing unless the staff that are going to provide for that service are recruited and trained and ready to be there to meet those needs. Uh, um, Otherwise, it's aspirational. Kevin, I have to leave it there, but thank you indeed for joining us uh, this morning. Thank you. That's uh, Kevin Figgis, sector organiser with SIP2's Health Division. Michael Michael Reed Reed on on LMFM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.